Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, is this the Mafia? Oh, we got a good one. We got a good one, guys. <laughs> Hooper, Bella, and the witch elm tree. Like, no, stop singing that. It's horrible. It's so fucking creepy. This whole thing is creepy as fuck. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll be hosting the evening. The, the evening, this episode, this evening. <laughs> not editing that. Uh, I know you're not editing that. Uh, this is Beef. I'll be hosting this evening, and I've got my two lovely friends, Tiss. Say hello, Tiss. Hey. And Bobby Choi. Say hello. Hello. So they'll be with me this evening. You boys all right? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, happy to record. I'm very tired, but I'm ready to be like excited by Weird Tales. Good. Well, I hope you're excited. Tess, how's it going? I feel good. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a talk show. <laughs> I feel like Frasier. Yeah. Oh, man, uh, I've been watching so much Frasier. Don't get me started please. on Frasier. Go on. <laughs> All right. Let's not talk about Frasier. So, have either of you guys got a clue on what I'm talking about? I have no idea. I haven't got a blues clues, mate. Please, please. Well, that's a shot in the. I was thinking about it today, and I was actually quite excited by the prospect that I had no idea at all. Yeah, yeah. This at the beginning of the week. This is not what I was planning on doing at all. Okay. Uh, well, maybe midway through last week, I had something else in mind, and you know how sometimes we go down it, and you just start looking, and you think this doesn't interest me at all, mm-hmm. uh, and you think if it's not interesting me, I'm not going to enjoy. Yeah, delivering I can't it. make other people excited if I'm not even excited. No, exactly. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, I've I've taken something which I personally find really interesting. It's something which I I watch documentaries about this kind of stuff all the time. I just find it fascinating to know. Uh, we've got another conspiracies episode, boys. Ooh. This evening, I keep saying this evening. You might be listening at like noon. Um, <laughs> you started. Roll with it now. <laughs> what are we evening. doing this evening, mate? <laughs> uh, we're looking at suspicious deaths. Ooh, I like Ooh. it. I like it already. Okay. Because um, I kind of was looking back through our back catalogue and I was thinking there's, you know, every now and then we kind of dive into this kind of stuff, but there's like a whole world of information about deaths and, and, 
uh, famous people that have died and you know the media give you the story but actually when you dive into it there's some stuff that doesn't add up so things like um when i did that weird phone calls one we talked about the actress who called in about uh jfk getting assassinated and then she was found dead like a week later that sort of thing yeah exactly yeah so i've got a couple of those yeah. Um, I've got a couple of those. Um, I did. I've gone for two uh, very prolific ones. That uh, I've gone for one which is universal, and whoever is listening, I'd be surprised if they haven't heard of that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one which is uh, like if you live in the UK, you'll know who it is. And then there's three that I read that I was like, that sounds quality, awesome. Um, so, um, but I was I was I was looking at it because. I was actually listening to Tiss's Royal Conspiracies episode again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's one of our most downloaded episodes ever. No fucking way. Yeah, it's like number two or three. (laughs) Well done, Tiss. Fuck off. Yeah. Do you think the Royals have heard it? I think our top three, if you want some facts, I think our top three most downloaded episodes are the discussion episode where we had Lauren on, where we talked blanketly about things that are unexplainable. Uh, royal conspiracies and the tra- Transylvania trip are our top three. Last time I looked, I wouldn't put those three in the top three. No, not no. because they're bad episodes. No, they're just kind of oddball ones. But yeah, that's weird. Mm. Uh, but obviously, in that episode, Tis talks about Princess Diana. Yeah, and uh, uh, there was a documentary on uh, YouTube that I watched. But obviously, we've spoken about that. If if you want to hear about that, then um, please go back to I think it's episode sixty-seven. If I that could be absolute bullshit. I have no but, idea. Yeah. Um, but go and have a look through our back catalogue. It is just called Rural Conspiracies. And uh, yeah, there's about 20 minutes of um, Princess Diana's death. So go and check it out. Uh, for once, I'm not doing a me and repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to start off with a really good one or one which is I just find interesting. And it's it's a good one to get us starting because everyone knows who this person is. Do you find now that we're recording remotely, we have like less tosh before the topic starts because we chat while we're setting up. Whereas before yeah. we used to like get in the room and start recording and we'd have a load of shit at the beginning of the episodes. Now these new ones are just like, bam, straight into content. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Easier to edit. <laughs> yeah. All them, all them people who used to slag us off for taking ages to get to the topic <laughs> need to listen to the new batch. Yeah, exactly. Gremlins 2, the new batch. They need to watch it. <laughs> right, so I'm going to play a clip, which um, I reckon should give you guys a pretty decent clue as to who I'm going to talk about. Okay. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday to you. It's Marilyn yeah. Monroe, right? It's Marilyn Monroe. Shit. Because there's quite... Um, it's quite, I, I didn't really know too much about it. I just thought, well, she um, she killed herself. Oh, that's that's what we're told. I was going to say, allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, yeah, so what do you guys, what can you tell me about her death? Or what do you know about her death, if, you, if anything at all? Uh, I don't know a lot about her death. I don't know a lot about her death. I know that she had links to JFK, obviously. Um, yeah, they were. So that's all I know, yeah. That's all I know. And I'm just putting the dots to, to the murder. But yeah, I don't actually know how she died. The only thing I know about her death, obviously, is um, what we said, alleged suicide. But that 
some people think that's a bit suspicious, but I've never looked into it beyond that. So this is all going to be educational to me. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, I, I yeah, I thought the same because that's you know to me it made sense when you read some of the stories about her life and then uh, you know I didn't really see too much about her dealings with JFK. Um, until I started to read a few more reports under the surface. Um, but she was found dead of a barbiturate overdose on August the 5th, 1962 at her home in LA. A what overdose? The... Sorry? What what overdose, sorry? A barbiturate? Uh, barbiturate. Barbiturate, I've never heard of it. I was I was really hoping that you would be able to tell us, Tiss. <laughs> You've taken the most drugs out of all of us. <laughs> Not barbiturate, man. Well, anyway, she she dies of an overdose, or so that's that's what we're told. And the newspaper on the day, a barbiturate is a drug that acts as a central nervous system depressant. Yeah. Ooh. So like a heavy yeah. sleeping pill, essentially, oh, okay. by the sounds of things. That was like, me Wikipediaing it as we record. Well done, fact checking Santa there. Um, the newspaper report the day after said Marilyn Monroe kills self. Uh, nude on bed, phone in hand, took 40 pills. 40, that'll do it. 40. Fuck yeah. me. Which, you I know, can't that even do like down a pint of drink, let alone take 40 tablets. I can't, it's my insane, body doesn't it? let like a lot of stuff into it. No, it knows. It knows that it's like getting bombarded with Even if I'm really so... thirsty, if I go like glug, 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 I was glugging it, it doesn't <laughs> go in my mouth. It's just like, no, nah, like my throat just closes up. Someone told yeah. me there was a part of your mind which was which means that it's impossible for you to like stab yourself in a fatal position. I don't know Maybe. if that's true. I heard that. You can wound yourself mortally, but you cannot uh Oh really? You cannot I don't know. You can't stab I don't, yourself. I'm not gonna test it, but But then you could shoot yourself through the head, so I don't know. Do you mean that you psychologically couldn't bring yeah, yourself to do it? Apparently. You can't drown yourself. Your body comes up you can't drown yourself so yeah if you drown yourself you have to tie like a heavy weight around yourself right well anyway uh, <laughs> you can kill yourself from barbiturates <laughs> though you, you can um so so essentially uh marilyn monroe was uh struggling to sleep she was suffering from mental illness and she'd been um struggling with substance abuse for for years before um, just give you a bit of context leading up to her death. She she'd been filming for a film called Something's Got to Give, right. uh, but was but was fired by uh, Fox, uh, June nineteen sixty two. Uh, so yeah, so uh, just a couple of months before she died, and she'd been doing a lot of PR work to try and boost her image again. Uh, she'd she'd been getting again, a lot of attention. What had happened before? Well, because she'd she'd I think because of her substance substance abuse it was making her unreliable at work um if if you look through a lot of the films that she was filming she was either late or she didn't turn up or she turned up drunk or she's like clearly pete Pete doherty at the end of the libertine (laughs) throne (laughs) (laughs) exactly i think it actually says in one of the reports like the guardian says like pete doherty at the end of his (laughs) uh tenure with the libertines um so she was trying to do a lot of PR work, PR work to boost her image again, and and because of all this pressure, she was taking lots of sleeping pills because she was struggling to sleep. Obviously, the substance abuse was keeping her awake, and so she was just must have been going for a shitload of stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, she ended up. I think she ended up having something like 
three or four different types of sleep. It's like when Heath Ledger died, they, he had different prescriptions for different, and and it yeah, it seems like she got to a point where she found the right mix that worked for her. Right. Um, but um, you can can't you can find out leading up to her death just what happened on the last day of her life, um, which is quite interesting. It just helps paint the scene a little bit. Um, so I'll just just share that to try and create the scene, and then we'll get back to a video. Um, so she she'd been at home with her publicist Patricia Newcomb, her housekeeper, her photographer, and her psychiatrist. Uh, her psychiatrist's name is Ralph Greenson, or was Ralph Greenson. Um, and they were collectively all a little bit concerned about her and her mental state. And she was clearly uh, fragile. She was clearly not really coping with, with things that were going on. And, and I think at the time she was struggling to keep work. And I think the the stuff with the Kennedys was, was kind of cropping up and it was just a lot of pressure well she was like like the most famous well one of the most famous people like on the planet it always happens with these like super super famous people they they go a bit mad from it yeah she was probably the most famous woman on the planet at the time i'd have thought Mm. or or at least one of the most you know to be that connected and you know there were rumors of her having love affairs with kennedy Mm. like yeah sure it's gonna yeah, that's going to make you famous, isn't it? Yeah, Naughty Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> he's had his fingers in lots of pies. Yeah. Um, Terrible. Uh, so her housekeeper was told, normally her housekeeper would obviously go home, but she was asked to remain. It was her psychiatrist who says a little bit concerned, so maybe hang around overnight and just keep an eye on her. At three o'clock in the morning, her housekeeper um, noticed that she locked herself in her room and when she was knocking on the door she wasn't responding um so she alerted her psychiatrist Ralph Greenson who came round broke into the room and that's when they found uh Marilyn Monroe dead uh, and they'd presumed to have killed herself now that's one of the stories that the housekeeper says but she tends to um, contradicts herself with with stories, and as, as reports increase, she seems to change the timings and things like that. Okay. Um, and she was the one that found the body, and there was no one else with her. She didn't. Well, she. I don't know why. And this is where obviously conspiracies start to pick away at the story. Mm. Um, she didn't. She didn't break down the door. Maybe she tried to break right. down the door. I don't know. But she, all she, she could see a light underneath the door, and thought it was weird that the, there was still a light on in the room. She should be asleep, so she knocked on the door, um, and was locking on the door quite loudly to try and get some response from her. But she wasn't responding, so she then, I think she then uh, rang the psychiatrist, who then came over as he was concerned, uh, and that's when they found her uh, dead. And they immediately considered it to be suicide because of her substance abuse and mental health. Um, she'd been having mood swings and they just presumed she killed herself or they couldn't see any other way around it and, you know, she was locked in her room, so... It's like a case for Jonathan Creek. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Where's the revolving wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let me just... I'm just going to grab this video. Okay. When Hollywood's most famous actress closed her bedroom door sometime around 8pm on August 4th, 1962... Was this really meant to be a final exit? 
the precise sequence of events during the subsequent eight hours has been the subject of four decades of speculation. But Unsolved History's investigation has dispelled much of that. We've ruled out murder by lethal injection. We've shown that Marilyn could not have accidentally overdosed. And the evidence we've gathered contradicts those who say she could not have committed suicide. But ever since 1962, Assistant District Attorney John Minor has doubted the suicide scenario. For several months before her death, as part of her psychiatric therapy, Marilyn had been recording free association audio tapes. In August 1962, Minor was granted a one-time audience by Dr. Greenson. What Minor heard made a lasting impression on him. No one could possibly believe this woman had killed herself. Not possible. In these tapes, she speaks of her plans for the future. Miner's memory of the autopsy and the discoloration of Monroe's colon has led him to believe that Monroe did not swallow the Nembutal and that the drugs got into her by another route. But there's a problem with the deadly enema theory. For Marilyn to have accepted this procedure, she must have been completely sedated, most likely with the large dose of chloral hydrate that was found in her system. It's very difficult to imagine that the enemas administered, the lethal dose of barbiturate is reached in her blood, and that she doesn't lose control and simply evacuate the contents of the enema. So I'm just going to pause here that, now. That, isn't going, that didn't go in the direction I expected it to. I know, right? Um, That's so mental. obviously, I feel like some of these videos oh should have God. a bit of a disclosure. I've I've got this from Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Histories. Unsolved Histories, sorry. Um, which you know we we've used a few times before on the pod, and it's kind of tongue in cheek. Some of some of the uh, narrative, but um, so apparently, according to reports, um, Monroe's preferred way of um, taking her pills was an enema. Okay. No idea why. I, I'd imagine because... Whatever gets you off. <laughs> uh, but she wouldn't well, have taken that many pills. Well, so, yeah, I, d I don't know how she would have kept having 40 pills up her bum. Well, that's... He said she would have evacuated it. It's yeah, so exactly. Uh, but we'll, we'll crack on because there's some interesting details uh, coming up at some point. Okay. And so we'd be having to imagine in our scenario that she's being held while asleep or while struggling in such a way that she's not allowed to evacuate the cinema. And remember, Monroe's body showed no sign of a struggle. I reviewed um, possibly 2,000 overdose deaths. None of them were by uh, an enema. Seems strange that this one would be by this method, nor was it customary or popular to give barbiturates by enema in the 1960s in Los Angeles. Perhaps the most important clue to understanding why Marilyn died is hidden in the contents of her nightstand. Monroe's usual sleeping pill was not Nembutal, but a much safer drug called Librium. In the month before her death, 
We know she took, on average, three or four Librium pills a day. We know that she had plenty of other Libriums in the house and that were still in the bottles when she was found that she could have used to help herself fall asleep and are much safer. And it really makes you question her motivation in going out and getting those additional Nembutal tablets. This suggests that her intent with taking the Nembutal was not to fall asleep, but rather to commit suicide. Perhaps the strangest thing about the death of Marilyn Monroe is this scene. The most glamorous woman in the world died alone, an addict to sleeping pills in the shabby bedroom. Here was a beautiful woman, symbol of uh, attractiveness, and she did not have a date for Saturday night. And we know that her great-grandfather committed suicide during the Depression. We know that her grandmother on her mother's side suffered from depression. We know that her own mother suffered from depression and psychosis and had to be institutionalized. Depression is known to run in families. Marilyn's suicide scene should have been no surprise. This woman had made at least three previous suicide attempts. Each time she had been rescued by calling for help. Did Marilyn attempt to make a call this time? Based on Monroe's 89 degree body temperature at autopsy, we can place the time of death sometime between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That means she must have taken the pills sometime between 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. It's difficult to know exactly when Marilyn died, but it's entirely possible that she could have lived for an hour and a half, even two hours after taking that dose. The last person she is known to have spoken with is Peter Lawford. Lawford, who died in 1984, recalled her voice was slurred and trailed off. This call may have taken place as late as 9 p.m. If this is the case, then Peter Lawford may have heard the last farewell of a screen icon. Okay, and we'll leave it there. Because uh, there's a few things I want to pick at here. Yeah, a few Bobby, interesting you... points made there. Go on. Like, well, you're not allowed to be alone on a Saturday night if you're famous. I know. It's all I, bullshit. Yeah, I found that a bit ridiculous. I love sitting alone on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. She died alone. Most people do. Mm. You haven't normally got all your friends and family around when you die. They, The fact that it drew attention to the her beauty as well. Just like, you're beautiful and you're alone. It's just like, yeah, well, what? That doesn't make any difference. There's nothing to do with the fact that you died. Literally no fucking, yeah. And then it's like, it's that sort of ignorance where it's like, she was beautiful. How could she be depressed? Yeah. Yeah. These these two, like one of these things is not like the other. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) And when that guy earlier in the video, he said like, she couldn't have killed herself. She was talking about the future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. uh, That's not how... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> suicide works yeah especially if she suffers from a history of depression her family does like you know you're not down all the time you're not up all the time like one day mm, you are talking no. about i'm going to do this next year the next day you're talking about i don't want to be a tomorrow so it's yeah exactly yeah uh so i just wanted to play that video for a bit of fun uh, <laughs> some light-hearted because it, it made me laugh um but there's, oh, well, there's... It, it is sad as well well yeah how can how <laughs> yeah. sad can you be really 
don't know. Well, it's sad that someone um, was so famous. I think this is the thing with fame. People get so famous, they actually become incredibly lonely because they don't have any real friends. Yes. Or they don't know who their real friends are. Yeah. That's that's mm. the aspect of it that I find quite sad. Uh, but the, yes, the yeah. theories put forward in that video were questionable. Uh, yeah, and if you watch if you watch the whole thing, um, then it does go into some of the details I'm about to go into. Um, but I just want to come on to the amount of pills that that she is supposed to have taken. Um, for one, when they did her autopsy, they found no drug residue in her stomach, none, none at all. Um, and even with sleeping pills like that, there would have been something, and particularly with that amount. Um, so according to um, a report that I found, for for her to have killed herself on that particular drug, she would have needed to have taken at least 50 tablets. Um, Fucking hell. And she would have she would have died, um, but it would have it would have taken a couple of hours. Um, fifty and it tablets. Have... I sorry, I feel like that's a lot to have. You need to take fifty if you're going to die. I feel like if I ate fifty peanuts, I'd die. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> too much of anything. Don't you die if you eat like seven bananas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just seven? When I was at school, it was like five. Has it gone up? Uh, I think I think it's, it's one of them things where it's a lie. Where it, well, I think it might be a lie. Yeah. Uh, stop the presses. <laughs> but I think it's something about like the amount of potassium in X amount of bananas. If you edit yeah. like in one instance, it would kill you. There's no way you could eat them quick enough for that to actually ever happen. Sort of thing. Do you know who told me that fact? Who? Beefy. Really? Yeah, I remember him yeah. telling me that fact. <laughs> Beef, you're a font of wisdom. I'm pretty know, sure right? it was the day that we had the practice where he came to it. I swear he said, like, 13 bananas. I was like, nah, I'd crush 13 bananas. He was like, you wouldn't. You'd die. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They would crush you. I yeah. remember now. Yeah. yeah I, I think remember. That, that might all be absolute bollocks, like playground talk. Well, at that yeah, point, I, it, I guess it was close to playground. We were pretty... But, yeah. <laughs> it's not far removed now, to be honest. No. Um, did you know if you put in a certain code in Super Mario, you could play as Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's what someone told me when I was at school. Someone told me you could buy any Pokemon card from this whitehouse.com, and I went on it, and it was like a porn website. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. fuck's sake. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to trade cards. But anyway, uh, 50 pills. That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. So that's 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 the that's the idea anyway. They that that they would need to be that much, and they fucking and lot would, of pills. And so therefore, there would be something in her stomach. But <laughs> apparently, that is a hell of a lot. But apparently, they couldn't. There's no trace, or not enough trace anyway, of any kind of pill. Not enough for them to be able to determine what kind of drug it was. That's right. bullshit. Fifty pills, you'd be able to fucking get another dose out of her. Yeah, you, you should mean? be able to. You should be able to take it out of her stomach and have another hit and go to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, strangest thing of all, though. Yeah. There was there was not no there was no glass of water in her room. No glass <laughs> at all. <laughs> she took them bareback. Fifty tablets back to back. <laughs> is that strange or is that just? That's a hero right there. If she can take 50 <laughs> tablets without water. Fuck, she had a superpower. I can't take like a, ten, a one headache tablet without water and I'm like... 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried yeah. to take a 5 HTP the other day without water. It went into my mouth. It came straight back out. And then it crumbled in half. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> exactly. Would you not think? Would you not think you'd need a glass of water to take? Maybe like there a... was, but she drank it all taking the pills. Well, there was there was no glass. Was there a tap? No, no. It's just mm. there was no tap in her bedroom. There but... was no empty jug. There was no like no bowl glass. of water. There was nothing. There was no empty but... glass. Nothing. Okay. No empty glass. No trace of her having taken those tablets at all. That's weird. Yeah. So well, that's that. I thought that was weird enough that. That that's enough of a. There's just with all these stories, there's enough inconsistency that it doesn't make enough sense that to fit the story given. Um, so that's that's one thing that I thought was a bit odd. There's mm-hmm. you know it wasn't just that there was an empty glass. Um, and actually, would would a glass of water be enough to give you fifty pills? I don't know. Um, but no. there was nothing. There was no glass at oh, all. No. There would literally. I couldn't consume enough water. No. to consume 50 pills. One of them would get too much. I would even have too many pills. I'm like, I can't eat, I can't eat anymore. <laughs> or there's like, I can't have any more pills because I literally can't take in any more fluid. Yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing which causes uh, conspiracists, that's wrong, conspirators. No, that's people conspiring against someone. Mm-hmm. People that believe in conspiracy theories. Um, <laughs> conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists, that's it, yeah. Um, is the the housekeeper? She kept changing her story. Uh, so she starts by saying that she found Marilyn at three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. um, and then when police started to push her a little bit more, she said it was around midnight, um, which could make sense because, as you recall in the video, um, the guy said that she would have died between ten in the evening and about one o'clock in the morning yeah, so yeah. that fits uh but there's a one report i found where she apparently said that she didn't find her till half four in the morning right. um and it just seems weird that she would change her story so often that is strange and there are she changes what she says to um the psychiatrist and when you look at the reports that both of them give their stories don't match up so they don't at no point do they agree with what they said to each other or or how they called the police, or what they said to the police. All the reports are wrong. They don't match up. But they don't think the housekeeper did it, right? Uh, They don't think the housekeeper did it. But she knew what was going to happen and couldn't get her story straight. Well, I think the idea is that, um, you know, as a housekeeper, she obviously wouldn't have, you know, she wouldn't have been expected to deal with something like that. Um, But the the conspiracy is that she had an idea of what was going on, and and you know she may have yeah she may have had some kind of involvement but not enough that you would you know do her with with conspiracy to murder or something mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um uh but there's a couple of things extra so one thing that uh leads theor- theorists to believe that um she was murdered is because of the love affairs that she was getting herself into oh uh, so Tiss, at the start of the episode you said that uh she'd been having an affair with kennedy yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. She'd actually been having an affair with President Kennedy and his brother Robert. Oh, no not Bobby Kennedy as well. Bobby Kennedy was was getting it. But apparently she was um she was having an affair with President Kennedy right in the midst of her um 
sort of downfall in the media. So it, right in the moment where she was losing her popularity, um, she'd suggested to Kennedy that she might go public. So oh. therefore, it would have been within his political interest to shut her up. Hush, hush. Did she did she die while Kennedy was still alive? What year did Kennedy die? Well, surely, surely he would have died after that. Well, you'd think from the affair angle, but um, and did JFK die? Sixty-three, yeah. So about just over a year later. Right. Okay. So he had another year in him. Yeah. Exactly. Um, however, theorists are not. They don't. They're not saying for one minute that they think he actually killed her himself. No. But that would be mental. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? He's an assassin. <laughs> so the interesting thing is that uh, whilst you wouldn't suggest that President Kenny killed him, killed her himself, there were several witnesses, uh, neighbours of Monroe and people that were just in the neighbourhood at the time that saw Robert Kennedy's car outside her house on that night. Pretty cool. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but And so, so the suggestion is that maybe, maybe he had something to do with it, maybe he... <laughs> Booty cool, Kennedy. Booty cool, Booty cool. <laughs> so, so stupid. Booty, Booty cool, Kennedy. Oh, God. oh man. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, the only thing I thought, though, when you consider that, is that there was no sign of a struggle on her body. So there was also no glass of water in the room. Uh, no. I'm gonna um, be honest. The the evidence of the depression and stuff like that, and. That she was on suicide watch and she'd commit tried to commit suicide a few times, kind of gives a lot of credence to the suicide angle. But I I agree with you actually, Tiss. But the whole thing about there being like it taking if she was going to overdose on that specific pill and it would take fifty to do it, that's a fucking yeah, lot. And then mad. the fact that there was no evidence of that in her stomach, that's that is kind of, that is really odd. Oh, that that is yeah. But it's like. It's such a... I can't imagine an attack that is, like you said, without any struggle and is so coordinated. It's so strange. Mm. It just... Yeah, it's... Why not just let her commit suicide and be like... I don't know. It's weird. I think the 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 argument is that um, some some of... Uh, some reports say that she... While she tried to kill herself before... Um, it it was more like you know what they call like a cry for help. So yeah, it's quite yeah. clear she she wasn't trying to kill herself, but she just right. wanted the um, attention. Whereas this time, you know, I, I my I, my thinking behind this is maybe she'd arranged to see Robert Kennedy that night. She'd perhaps taken a bunch of sleeping pills to I don't know take the edge off, and this is where the reports of some people think that. Um, maybe someone injected her um, yeah. because there are, there are some lethal um, chemicals that can be ejected into your body that, that can't be traced. So there's a suggestion there that maybe maybe there was some kind of foul play there. Maybe she asked someone to do it because she couldn't go through with it herself. If those attempts weren't cry for helps and they were actual failed attempts, like she yeah. couldn't go through with it at the last minute, she needed someone to help her go through with it yeah exactly yeah um so so that's one angle um another interesting thing that i was able to find out uh was that rumor 
Rumour had it that Kennedy had been speaking to the Mafia regarding a delicate situation. <laughs> right. Uh not not Marilyn Monroe. Obviously. But it, that that one of one of it was Monroe was part of it, but apparently it was something else. Um <laughs> and so in return for Kennedy helping uh Mafia boss Fatoni Sam Giancana uh, to overthrow Fidel Castro, there's a suggestion that Giancana may have been, uh, you know, helping, you know, give Kennedy a bit of a favour and get rid of Monroe for him. How do um, you get a hold of the mafia? Do you, hi, is this the mafia? <laughs> just, you're the president. You can get a hold of anyone. Man. Okay. It just seems such a weird thing because people, it happens a lot. I guess with the president, it's different, but a lot of weird stories you hear, like, and then the mafia got involved. And it's like, how? What did someone say? Like, Go into like an Italian restaurant and be like, "Is there any mafia in here? I need to talk to you." They must have like worms in each other's organisations that can like. <laughs> no, is it moles? <laughs> Not worms. <laughs> moles. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't, I didn't pay too much attention to the mafia story because there's not much in it, to be honest. I find most stories where the mafia start get coming up, I find they get a bit silly. Yeah, Fat Tony comes along and just, yeah, exactly. yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do quite like, um, I do quite like the facts around the the fact that they couldn't find trace of of that of that drug in her stomach. The the fact. The f- I just can't get over the glass of water thing. I'm just like, what is, what is that about? <laughs> I just can't get past it. Can't get I just over cannot it. get past. She must have been parched. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> but um, one other thing as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention one other thing that the housekeeper kept changing about her story was that she'd. So it wasn't just the timings that she'd found her. It was also, um, so when she when her first story was that she hadn't tried to break the door down to get to Marilyn Monroe. Uh, and then she changed it to that she had, uh, and that she, she tried to make an effort to stop her from doing it. There was an, also there was another report that she was like, that she was yelling through the door to try and get her attention, to try and stop her from hurting herself. That when she wasn't responding to her, she was worried for her. I don't understand why the housekeeper would lie. I don't understand. Like, did you break the door down or not? Like, what? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't, does it? It, like, annoyingly doesn't make sense. It annoys me that the housekeeper's like, <laughs> like what do you mean? Did you do it or not? Like, it's a simple question. Yeah. Get your facts straight. You know, you're not helping the situation at like, all. If I, if I broke a door down to find a dead body of the most famous person in the world, I'd remember if I did it or not. Exactly. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it it doesn't match up, does it? It's just it just doesn't. I don't know why she wouldn't get a story straight, um, and why she would say different times, uh, and the psychiatrist as well. Just what he said doesn't match up, and I I I personally would think if he was that worried about her, would he not make more of a concerted effort to to do something about it, um, and. Yeah, the the timing of Kennedy's visit that evening as well was interesting um, because various people saw his car outside her um, outside her house, and it was all between those hours of ten and one o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, he wasn't. No one saw his car before ten o'clock, uh, and then there was like obviously in the early hours in the morning, 
maybe no one saw it beyond midnight, but it definitely wasn't there before ten in the evening. So it's it's all it just seems like is it is it too convenient that she'd kill herself? I don't know. But when you get yourself caught up in with at the time the most powerful man on the planet, it's I don't know. It just seems like there might be something there. Hmm. But who knows? I'm not too sure about the mafia stuff and the the drugs up the arse. <laughs> you know, all the empty glass of water. All that. I know it sounds staffed. I just, I just can't. I just sat there today. I was like, but wouldn't she would need water to take? It all was those like, tablets. yeah, but I love how that was the most extreme thing to you. Like drugs up the arse, <laughs> mafia involvement, JFK assassinating. Oh no, water. I oh, know you've gone too far. <laughs> Surely in the autopsy, it would um, you'd be able to know how much water you drank, or does water just get straight absorbed into the body? Uh, I don't know, but this it doesn't the... get absorbed into the body. You wee it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is um, which is another thing. The guy on the video <laughs> you don't wee that. out the same water. You wee it out. Biologists. <laughs> I know nothing about biology. No, it's all right. You don't need to. Uh, but that's another thing that the guy on the video was talking about that in all the autopsies he's done, he's done lots of um, overdose victims and more often than not, the victim has sawed themselves uh, mm. because that's your body's way of trying to get rid of what's killing you. Right. So if it's in your gut, your body's reaction is to try and get rid of it any way that you can. Yeah. Um, Shit yourself. And if I shot myself while trying to kill myself, I would stay dead. Most dead bodies have shot themselves, though, haven't they? <laughs> Does it count? <laughs> I don't know. Does it you count shit yourself shitting... after death, right? Anyway. Does, yeah. Does it count as shitting yourself if your consciousness is no longer in it? Like, you haven't shat yourself because that isn't yourself. <laughs> the vessel now you're getting avoided. really spiritual about shitting yourself. Yeah, the vessel just voided. Man can't <laughs> shit himself if he doesn't. If he's not conscious to shit, if a if a body shits itself in an apartment and no one's there to man the vessel, does it really shit itself? Uh, uh, anyway, I just thought I'd start with that one because we all know who Marilyn Monroe is. Yeah, um, and I, I I just thought it was straight up suicide. I probably still think it was a suicide, but... I mean, I, I do think it was. It seems the most logical, but at the same time, it is weird. And it's doubly weird just because of who she is. Exactly. There's yeah. a lot of weird circumstances that need explaining. But it's probably not far from she killed herself or she got killed by someone who also got killed. <laughs> so... Sometimes do you think these really far-fetched answers... Are like maybe more plausible just because no one would believe it. Like, if JFK went in there and actually killed her himself, no one yeah. would ever think that would happen. It's so out there that like no. he would probably get away with it. Maybe, maybe. But back then, people used to get arrested for everything. Maybe right. Yeah. As well, don't people get arrested now? No, because they don't. Only normal people, <laughs> not people like JFK. Oh, right, okay. Trump literally said, like, on television. Oh. It's mental. Bleep, bleep, bleep that We're out. not talking about him. That literally happened. Uh, a man got arrested in Elmsbury today carrying a knife. Really? Wow. Yeah, he was saying he was going to kill someone. What the fuck? 
<laughs> yeah, it was like threatening. That just, just exacerbates the, things. The report says, uh, yeah, threatening to kill. So it doesn't say who he was threatening to kill or why. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's <gasps> not, you don't need to know about that. Weird news. Um, weird news it is. Um, okay, so that's that's Marilyn Monroe. Uh, should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Uh, next one has been in the news again recently uh, cool. because it's been a certain amount of years since it happened um, and it's still unsolved. Um, and it is it is way stranger, in my opinion, than Marilyn Monroe. You guys will probably be familiar with it. If you're outside the UK, you probably won't have heard of Jill Dando. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you boys know... You familiar? Do you know who she is or was? Who she was? Yeah, sorry. she was all over the news for fucking ages, wasn't she? She was a newscaster <laughs> yes. for. Um, <laughs> have you been framed? No. Uh, who's been You've framed? You've been framed. <laughs> that was you Lisa been... Riley. Have you been? That framed? was Lisa Riley, mate. That was Joey Beadle. I was thinking of Crime Watch. Yes. Crime uh, so she she was, and I'm trying to be. I, I'm gonna. I trying to be like respectful. I remember um, it because this happened when we was like teenagers. Yeah, in '99. Right? Uh, yeah, so I remember this being like all over the news when I was a teenager. Yeah, but like I was a teenager, so I wasn't really paying much attention to it. But I just remember that it was everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And it was only two years after Diana died as well. Yeah, so it was yeah, yeah. Just like seemed to be really prolific murders at the time. Um, uh, so Tiss is right. Uh, she was the she was Crime Watch presenter at the time. Uh, she's only thirty seven, uh, and she was shot dead outside her flat in Fulham, uh, like literally like less than a mile away from Craven Cottage, Tiss, which is uh, Fulham ground. <laughs> football ground uh why are you laughing <laughs> and uh there it is that's a football uh, reference well bob's not gonna know football expert like from the craven cottage well bob's not gonna know craven cottage no i've genuinely that's, never heard that's of it. true that's true it sounded more like you was thinking that I was like a football fan, but actually, it's yeah, more like he's Bob, our Bob like, guest not. pundit. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's that's a moment for you to interject, Adam. Oh man, I can't get anything good out. Games there. Every sentence is being <laughs> sorry, apart. sorry. Yeah, come on then, let's get this crack on. Right. Uh, yeah, so she was shot dead. Although at the time, the uh, the BBC released the statement saying that she'd been she'd been knifed. Um, so, th- but I, I think that was just the, they didn't really know how to handle that, that kind of news at that time. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was, you know, quite a lot of their colleagues, um, crime watch was BBC, wasn't it? Or it is, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but she was shot once in the head and neighbors found her body slumped on the doorstep outside her house. Uh, so it happened super quickly. Um, in fact, there's a version version of events uh, so, 26th of April, 1999, 11.30am, Jill's body is found slumped on her doorstep on Gowan Avenue with a single bullet wound to her head. So, totally precise. She would have died, like, instantly. Um, uh, 11.35am, a blue Range Rover that had been illegally parked on Gowan Avenue is captured driving at speed away from the murder scene. Uh, and 11.40, so 10 minutes after she was found, 
there was a man seen acting suspiciously in nearby Bishop's Park. Um, so we've got this, don't have anything else to go on other than this blue Range Rover that had been parked on the street illegally and it was seen f- uh, fleeing from the road uh, on CTTV at, at speed. So obviously prompted a huge inquiry by Scotland Yard and it resulted in a guy called Barry George being jailed for her murder in July 2001. So uh, just over two years after she died, this this guy was jailed for it. Uh, and there we go. We thought it was, you know, that was put to bed. Turns out he was he was the owner of that car. And that's that's all they were going on was the fact that, you know, why would this car just suddenly decide to be speeding away? Um, what was his argument of why he was speeding away? Um, that I couldn't find. I tried looking for that all afternoon and I couldn't see anything that would tell me why he was speeding away. However, um, in the report, it talks a lot about his, um, his learning difficulties. Okay. So there was quite, there's quite a lot of, uh, discrepancies in his report, but they put that down to his mental disabilities. Um, and the fact that he wasn't able to articulate and explain himself properly. Uh, so maybe maybe they couldn't really get a conclusive idea, but because she was such a, you know, at the time she was a big household name in Britain, I guess the the pressure would have been on the Scotland Yard's shoulders of actually trying to just get someone in prison for it. Yeah. Um, however... Uh, Barry George was granted a retrial on appeal and then acquitted by a jury in August 2008. So, uh, jury discovered quite simply that there just wasn't enough evidence, that there wasn't the forensic evidence that that they needed. No, if the only evidence you've got is there was a car driving away, there's nothing. The only other thing they've got is that there was um, gunpowder residue in his pocket. Oh. But... Uh, there's enough evidence to believe that that could have come from the police officers that had arrested him because they'd been sh- um, firing shots to stop the car. Right. So it it they, it wasn't enough to go on. They decided it wasn't enough to 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 bang him up. Um, just quite simply because it's it's basically cross contamination. It's just it's not conclusive enough that you would be able to say that is definitely gunpowder from that gun and he definitely fired that weapon. Uh, they couldn't find a weapon or anything on him, and you'd think that if he was able to get away that quickly, he would have jumped straight in the car with the murder weapon. And or they and would have that, found it that... nearby. Exactly, and they did the search and everything, and couldn't find the murder weapon. So there just wasn't enough. And then there's a whole story about his mental disabilities, um, and and yet yeah, to this day, there's there's just no one's been done for it. Mad. Which is mad, isn't it? Like, did she have any um, people that would want her dead? Uh, well, the only thing I could think of, um, and I thought I was stupid, until <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, was well, was it maybe someone something to do with her being on crime watch? Um, because oh right, a criminal who had got caught because they'd been on crime watch and they blamed her. Yeah, or or maybe a connection. Maybe someone was watching it that was worried about them. You know, maybe they were connected to a criminal that she'd been talking about on Crime Watch, 
and they were concerned that she was also or that they were also going to find them out or something like that um yeah that's interesting i hadn't really made that connection that she hosted like the famous like, it was a really popular show um yeah about crime uh, in england and and unsolved cases and things and then she yeah. would be the victim of one herself yeah i used to i used to watch it every week i used it was to really remember scary yeah, some of it was... I remember watching it as a kid and being pretty scared by it because a lot of it, like, you know, a lot of it was, like, quite scary crime as well. It wasn't like, oh, you know... Well, it was they the do them, shop like, got mugged kind again. of scary uh, reenactments and you wouldn't see the killer's face because, obviously, they don't want you to think that's what the killer looked like or anything. You would just see, these, like, a guy, a shadowy guy with a knife and stuff like that. Like It was, like, really scary stuff. Because yeah, it was yeah. real, you'd think, "Oh, there's a home invasion! Like this actually happened, and they can't catch him." And yeah, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't like silly little, you know, it was on the BBC, so it was proper nationwide yeah, yeah. crime. Um, it was like a very uh, it's a wise man's um, America's dumbest criminals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah, did exactly. Ever, did you ever watch that? Where does like police stop rank on your scale of like dumbest criminals to crime watch? Do you remember Police Stop? I don't think I've seen Police Stop. Oh, no, I don't. Okay. It was a bit like Cops. It was a bit like the UK version of Cops. There is a UK one that I have seen. Is it with Tuffy? Can't remember. Oh, I know the one you mean. Uh, Police Interceptors. Yeah, Tuffy. Tuffy? What a great name. They always talk oh. about jumping in the Scooby. Oh, really? They're from Milton Keynes as well, aren't they? they, did, they yeah, did the some of the episodes Keynes. I've seen were in Aylesbury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rachel's uncle is a copper in Aylesbury and he was on a couple of episodes. Oh, was it? Yeah, I have seen episodes where it was in Aylesbury. Yeah. I th- yeah. Or maybe he wasn't in it, but like, or not, not enough that he was being interviewed or anything, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really... It was quite an exciting programme at the time. Mm. Um, it was much like say, more serious than the other, because it was, it was a serious yeah. crime. It was the only serious one. That was like interested in the investigation. If yeah. you've seen anyone that would match this description, call us now. Yeah, exactly. It was so, mainly yeah, it, was, yeah. it was mainly murders or like missing children. I remember. Yeah. Um. Any any sort of like serious unsolved crime. Um. You know, sexual assault would be on it as well because they want to catch these criminals and they want the public to help. That's what it was about. Imagine so, yeah, working on really that odd. show. It'd be fucking horrible. Yeah. Day in day out, just murders robberies fuck yeah. yeah it was insane uh, but on, on the subject of who could have possibly done it and if it wasn't this guy and actually I've watched a couple of um, clips of this of Barry George who was arrested for it in 2001 speaking and, and you can kind of see he's having difficulty getting his words out um, and in the report he describes himself that he's aware of what's going on around him but he, he struggles to respond to what's going on around him did he have a gun? Uh, they didn't find a gun on him, no. Hmm. Uh, they, did they find the murder weapon ever? They've never found... Because I never can't imagine this guy... Like first of all, I've been thinking, oh, it's probably him. But now I'm thinking, well, hang on a sec. Where did this guy get a gun? Yeah. Um, It's not easy to get a gun in the UK. No. Where did he stash it if it wasn't with him within like 10 minutes within that area? You could like uncover every nook and cranny of where you could get to in 10 minutes from her house. Yeah, exactly. And find a stashed gun. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, 
the I think one of the things that linked him quite strongly to the case, and I think this is probably what sealed it for the jury, um, was that he was a known. Um, oh, sorry, hang on a minute. He was uh, a gnome. Um, he was a known um, like celebrity stalker. So, oh, I think it's him again now. <laughs> oh, um, that makes it interesting. Maybe. He saw her get killed and he raced away from the scene and maybe he was just stalking her and he just happened to be in the area like he was a patsy. Exactly. He talks a lot about her and he talks a lot about um, Anthea Turner, who's obviously at the time she was also a big TV personality. Um, and when the police investigated, they found like hundreds of, po- of photos of celebrities. Um, mm. But his, his defence lawyer in the retrial said... He's just, you know, there's at that time anyway, where we didn't really have the internet. That was your only way of having any kind of, you know, if you're infatuated with a celebrity, that was your only way of getting close to them was to actually physically go and do it. Go and find them. You know, whereas now you can talk to anyone on Twitter, you know, they might not reply to you, but they may read your message. And then you've, you've had, you know, you've had direct contact with a celebrity. Mm. So that's basically his defense lawyer was like, Cutting some slack, you know. He's it's just... weirdly exciting when you like tweet, mention someone famous. I'm not, I'm not even a celeb hunter, but if I mention no. someone in my tweet and then it even gets a like, I'm like, ooh, you know, yeah, you know, such and such read my thing and liked it. Like, yeah, it's weird. I'm not even a celebrity person, but even I get that like base sort of no, excitement from that. Yeah, y- you do, and you can't help it. Like the other day, I I tweeted something and it got liked by someone that used to play uh, rugby for England. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> even like even like barely celebrities, like a podcaster yeah. I listen to. I'm like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other week, uh, I'd uh, I was talking to someone on Twitter about uh, like kids TV programs. So just talking about some of the programs that Joel watches. And uh, I'd said, I was like, oh, I really like Hey Dougie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Hey Dougie official Twitter account got in touch with me and uh, basically said, thank you. I was like, oh, this You're is the be best the thing now. ever. Uh, yeah, it's great. But um, anyway, so on the subject of who it could have been, right. um, I managed to find this, this clip of this guy um, talking on this morning, I think, like really recently because it's, um, so if it was ninety nine, it would be it would be twenty years since since she died. Yeah. So it must be, and twenty sixth of April. So it, it's it's coming up to twenty years. So I think it's been on this morning uh, quite recently. So I'm just gonna play this quickly now. Okay. You've uncovered an awful lot of evidence there. What what happens with that evidence now? Well, there's an incredible amount. I've never reviewed a case where there's so much information that was never followed up. And the reason being is the police prosecuted Barry George and information came in prior to the trial, after his arrest, and continued to come in afterwards. None of that was followed up because they obviously continued in relation to the trial and then the uh, the appeal afterwards. Um, And what now needs to happen is obviously somebody needs to look in relation to that evidence Mm. and start to investigate some of it. There's 11 unidentified people still uh, unaccounted for in the locality. There's over 100 potential suspects. There's other information naming people and specifically give information how this crime was carried out. Can I ask you why, if you were any closer to understanding why she was shot? 
That's a really difficult one because the, the motivation, the reason behind it, I think it has something to do with her work on Crime Watch. There are some very nasty, horrible people out there, criminals, and I think the crucial element is, of course, from their point of view, is that they may perceive Crime Watch putting criminals away, i.e. putting friends and, and colleagues of them away, and I think that was the reason. And whilst but Jill Crime Watch continued her, after Jill Dando. It, it made did. no difference whatsoever other than the fact that we were all as her friends. We were all horrified that it had happened, but it didn't stop the show. No, absolutely, and don't forget, major crime is, is a very rare occurrence in the UK. I mean, when we put our case to the Crown Prosecution Service and to the Metropolitan Police, the Metropolitan Police came back and said, we're very grateful for the report, we will take any new information on board and we will act upon that information, and it is, remains to be unsolved, and we are determined to try and solve that. So that's great, that and very good. positive in relation to our report. Crown Prosecution Service response to that allegation in relation to why they didn't admit to offender profiles existing said that at the time we responded with you know honesty in return in respect of what we knew now we don't we haven't got to the bottom of what that actually means whether mm. they did or they didn't know about the offender profiles but the key now is for Jill's family for Jill's friends is we've got to solve this we can't get to a position where we say well, and there's, a there's enough is enough there. absolutely and you know that man we spoke to he is a hitman himself he is a hitman he is uh, he himself is scared and that says an awful lot this mm. guy is a you know, he's lived in that world and even he is saying I am too scared to tell you but he the, has told me who he believes it is the police um, were interested in your new evidence or certainly what you've been looking at what needs to happen now well, I would ask the Metropolitan Police to consider the information we've got and go back over the file, get a cold case team looking at it, start to do those inquiries that were never followed up, because, crucially, their position was is that they considered it to be Barry George. Barry George was fully acquitted, and that now means that it's an unsolved case. Yeah. Let's look at this again with a fresh pair of eyes looking at that case. All right, thank and you And that canal much. could still be dredged. Oh, absolutely, and that's a really important thing. You know, dredge it, let's look at it, let's follow each and every one of them, and, and that's one, but I can tell you there's another five or six specific named pieces inquiries in there which should be closed down. All, All right, right, thank you. Thank you. Fascinating. Thank you very much. OK. Uh, so, like him... No, go on. No, I was just going to say, so from that, he's talking about the um, the canal... The River Thames runs was pretty close, but probably within a mile to her house. Um, so at the time, they, they looked for the murder weapon in there. It was a really convenient place to just chuck a gun. Um, but they couldn't find anything. So he's talking about redredging it and going back through it again to mm. see if they can find it. But 20 years later, are you mm. really going to... It's not going to be there, is it? No. Yeah. But what were you going to say? I, I was just amazed that he was talking about, like, hitmen. Like, I don't even yeah. think of them being a real thing. Let alone yeah. if they are a real thing. Like, I, obviously they are a real thing, but it seems so abstract. I think of them as like you know, crime dramas or video games. Um, I don't think of like that being real, and especially in the UK. Like, but there are like real UK hitmen. You don't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, there are. Yeah, exactly. So where do they get their guns? <laughs> Black market. <laughs> Fat Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think to this? That's mad. Uh, I found it funny that he was saying the hitman was scared to tell me, but he did tell him. It's just like, like if he was scared to say, he just wouldn't say. But then he was not allowed to say it on air. Yeah. And he wasn't allowed to name the person that told him. If he knew who did it, though. But it's who, the, it's, he... who a hit, it's who this 
particular hitman who can't be named thinks it is. Yeah. It's not it's not evidence. No. No, but it's enough for that powerful person to maybe try and off that person who's trying to get the case reopened. Or mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's exactly. Enough. If they thought they were the getting name. close, but then does that draw more suspicion on them because they don't know who that he's told? That's true. Yeah, I mean, essentially, like yeah, like you said. For one, I'm like, oh, hitmen are real. That's weird. That's quite scary. Yeah, um, hitmen are definitely real. I know but, yeah. they are, but I don't. They they feel so like they feel like you know knights in shining armor. <laughs> no, no, because that sounds like a good thing. But you know, like, they're real as well. I can't think of an example. They feel like a fantastical yeah. figure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think of like Agent Forty Seven. Exactly. Then think of like them being real. Yeah, and it's it's scary to think that that maybe it was a hit by yeah. a professional hitman. Which is crazy, just because, like, we'll show you that bitch a lesson. She's, like, grassing us up on telly. Yeah, we'll just pay she some She put old Georgie guy. away because of her, or whatever. Um, some other mobster. Um, in the in the, in the the video, the, the guy was also talking about the reports, the sorry, the evidence they'd had after Barry George was put in prison. Um, and so he said there was 11 people um that as they look through the the cctv footage they there's only 11 people that they can actually see in the footage but they they just they haven't been able to locate who they are mm-hmm. um and they've and they, did he say there's like a hundred suspects or something like that um and now all they need to do essentially is is take the guy's name that they've been given and try and link it and see if they can find it a link somehow mm, yeah um but how mental is that? That that the likelihood of her being taken out by a professional hitman, a, a base, it's like really likely. Yeah, that it that's is what like happened. A real possible, real possibility. Hmm. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, execution style to the head, and absolutely no trace of anything, murder weapon or anything. Yeah, like one shot, no miss. Yeah. And it's in my head. I'm like, it's entirely plausible that you've got a driver and a shooter. And the shooter just takes his one shot that all he that's all he needs, or she could have been a hit woman. Yeah, it just seems it just seems crazy to me. The whole story is just crazy. Um but I thought that was that was really interesting and particularly because it's 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 come out really recently, mm-hmm. um, again in the news. I think BBC did a documentary about it at the beginning of the week. So This is fresh. If they did jump on jump on iPlayer and you'll probably get a lot more information and it will all be right. Um, as opposed to the information I give you, which is probably not entirely correct. Um, but there we go. That's Giordano. Uh, how long we've we been recording? Well, I, we, I make it that we've this We're at episode... one and a half hours, but we've done one. You mentioned twelve off of that. We've done like one hour fifteen. And I would say about including some waffle. You could probably cut about ten minutes of waffle out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like one o five. Okay, I'm going to end on a fun one. Not that the others haven't been a fun. A fun death. A fun death, yeah. I was thinking earlier, when, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to start with a good one. Imagine, like, just being, like, brutally murdered and then for the rest of time, this podcast being like, oh, we got a good one. Yeah, we this got is a, a good, good one. one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, it's a legacy. Yeah, that's true enough. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I think... As as we've had happen before, I feel like this is going to be something where I'm going to want to do a few more episodes of because okay. it's. Um, I've I've got another like 
Um, I didn't. I didn't think I was going to get through all of these, but I've got another three after this one, right? Um, just because they were fun to look at, and uh, I'm just going to look at one that was actually put forward to us uh, by a listener. Amazing. Uh, suggested to us by. Uh, let me just get da, the details. Da, up. Da, 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 da. Jasmine Seddon. Okay. Uh, so, Jasmine, if you're listening. Thank you very much. You uh, got in touch with us and sent a message to us on our Facebook page uh, a couple of months ago uh, and suggested an interesting story to us, which we, we said we would get round to at some point, and it, it fits in with this uh, this series. Uh, and I, I watched this video, which I'm just about to uh, play now, and just the whole story, two things interested me. One, the story's great, uh, and two... We're having another visit from the what sounds like the narrator from Flat Earth. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sure you'll recognise his voice when you hear him. Uh, but we're going to look at. It's not the guy who was like, "I always thought the Earth was round, but oh, is it?" <laughs> no, no. It's the guy. The guy like you'll you'll hear what I mean when you hear okay, his voice. Right. When you hear him, you'll go, "Oh, that guy." Okay. Yeah. If it sounds familiar, um, it's not the stuff they don't want you to know. No, this no. yeah. <laughs> um uh but we're going to we're going to look at the story of who put Bella in the witch elm. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, it's great. We were going to talk about this on episode 100 and we ran out of time as like a bonus story. Yeah. So yeah, they, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Cool. Yeah, it's great and it's it's not quite, it's not enough to do a whole episode on. Yeah, this um, is something that's actually been suggested to us like a few times in emails as well over the years right. cuz it's like a real great story. Yeah, who who put Billa in the Witch Elm tree that one? That's it. So if you've if you have suggested this and you're not Jasmine, I'm really sorry. Um if you've suggested it at all, um then thank you very much and we do appreciate it. Um but I think it's because I it's like Jasmine was pretty much one of the only people I actually personally replied to that was like, oh, I remember this. I was going to say, like, I don't remember talking to someone called Jasmine on Facebook, but yeah, that's because Beef took the reins. Yeah, for once. Uh, so we're just, we're just going to listen to this now. Situated just off the Kidderminster to Birmingham Road in the English Midlands, Hagley Wood is part of the Hagley Hall estate belonging to Lord Cobham. The strange tale of Witch Elm Bella continues to puzzle researchers to this day and has re-emerged over the decades since World War II in the form of a bizarre graffiti message scrawled on walls and monuments. The story dates back to April the 18th, 1943, when four local boys were out poaching in woodland belonging to Lord Cobham. In search of bird nests, one of the boys, Bob Farmer, attempted to climb an old, almost hollow elm tree. Standing in the branches, Farmer looked down to see a human skull grinning back at him. The boys kept their discovery a secret on returning home because they'd been engaged in illegal activity but the youngest boy, Tommy Willits, felt uncomfortable about keeping such a secret and decided to tell his father about what they'd found. Naturally, his father then told the Worcestershire County Police Force, who went to the site the following morning. When the police investigated the mysterious human remains in the Witch Elm Tree, they discovered an almost complete skeleton, minus a hand which laid nearby. Also in the hollow tree were clothing, a gold wedding ring and a shoe which had all but rotted away. The task of examining the body fell to Professor James Webster, then head of the Home Office Forensic Science Laboratory in the West Midlands, who just prior to World War II had set up the West Midlands Forensic Science Laboratory at Birmingham University. After a detailed examination at the lab at Birmingham, 
Professor Webster ascertained that the woman was probably about 35 years old, 5 feet tall with melty brown hair and irregular teeth in the lower jaw. She had also given birth at least once. He estimated that she'd been dead for at least 18 months before she was found. It was suspected that the cause of death was asphyxiation. The authorities had enough to go on, but days, weeks and months rolled by with no one coming forward to identify the woman, and no clear suspect. Although lists of missing persons were carefully checked, the uncertainties of war had increased the amount of women reported missing and forced people to change addresses frequently. But the most unusual detail was that despite searches through dental records, no trace of the woman was found. Even after a description of the woman and the specific irregularities of her lower jaw were published in dentist journals, and despite the fact she'd had a tooth taken out from the right side of her lower jaw within a year of her death, there was no response. The only thing that the police were fairly certain of was that the woman was a stranger to the area. There were no local missing persons whose descriptions matched that of the victim, and only one clue that came from anyone in vicinity of Hagley. This clue was in the form of a report from the executive of an industrial company. In July 1941, he'd been walking to his lodgings in Hagley Green, when he heard a woman's screams coming from Hagley Wood. A couple of minutes later, he met a school teacher walking in the opposite direction who'd also heard the screams. The men phoned the police who arrived and searched Hagley Wood but found nothing. This incident was exactly 20 months before the body was discovered, and considering the pathologist's estimate that the woman had been dead for at least 18 months before she was found seemed extremely promising. However, even with all these clues, it was a lead to nowhere. Around Christmas 1943, graffiti began to appear on the walls of empty buildings in various parts of the West Midlands area. The first hoop at Lubella down the Witch Elm was followed by many other slight variations. As time passed, the messages took on what was to be their settled form for years to come. Who put Bella in the Witch Elm? Though the graffiti seemed to be the work of a hoaxer with a sick sense of humour, there was the slim possibility suggested by the slogans that somebody knew something about the crime. But appeals from the mysterious graffitis to contact the police proved futile, though the messages continued to appear. There were and still are many theories as to the identity of Bella and the mystery of her murder but perhaps the most controversial was put forward at the time by Professor Margaret Murray. Professor Murray drew attention to the fact that the hand was missing from the skeleton when found, and suggested it was the sign of a black magic execution. She linked it with the Hand of Glory, traditionally obtained at the dead of night when it would be cut from the body of an executed criminal. The hand was supposed to possess powerful magic, and was used to protect its owner from evil spirits, to reveal where treasure was buried or even to put people to sleep. She also drew attention to the ancient tradition that the spirit of a dead witch could be prevented from causing any more harm by being imprisoned in the hollow of a tree. Another major theory emerged 10 years after the discovery of the body, and came in the form of a letter to the Midlands newspaper The Wolverhampton Express and Star. The letter was sent to Lieutenant Colonel Wilfred Byford Jones, who in November 1953 went under the pseudonym Curestor. He had written a series of articles on the Hagley Wood murder, the mysterious person who sent the letter claimed to have information about the murder and signed herself Anna Claverly. The basis of her story was that in 1941, aspiring had been operating in the West Midlands, passing on information to the Luftwaffe about the location of munition factories in the area. Anna claimed the murder victim was a Dutch woman who had arrived in England illegally around 1941, and had become involved in these activities. Apparently she'd learned too much about the operation and was consequently killed. Other theories suggest that the woman had been made pregnant by a soldier and taken to the woods to be disposed of. Others propose that she may have been a gypsy, 
as there was a report that at the time of her murder, gypsies were camping in the area. However, the police rejected this idea, partly because of her clothing. We'll leave it there. It bags on a bit after that. Um, I know that was quite long, but there's some... That is such a great story, isn't it? I have, um, like you say, because we I was going to talk about it on episode 100. Um, I have like read through the story and those events before, and it's really weird and really cool and like... Just there's so many just like weird, creepy elements in it, like finding this body like in the tree and the hand missing yeah. and, and the graffiti popping up everywhere. And there's something about that graffiti, which is very like, I don't know, like uh, it just gets your, your, I don't know. There's something like orally pleasing about the expression who put Bella in the witch elm. It's almost feels like a child's nursery rhyme if or something. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that. It's like and a it's... really like evocative phrase. And it just adds to the whole um, suspense of it, and it, it feels—it just feels like this crazy myth, this this legend. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just—it's just great. What do you think, Tess? I'm gonna have nightmares. I've got literal goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the same level as um, uh, glitching face Shakespeare, man. Ah. Uh... Oh, I, I yeah. hate that one. <laughs> that is on a level. Honestly, I'm so glad I don't have to leave Bob's house to go to my car right now. <laughs> I'm home alone tonight, boys. Oh. oh. I really wish you hadn't reminded me about Glitching Face Shakespeare, man. Well, that story's on a pass, so. Anyway. Um, yeah, it does sound like a child's nursery rhyme, though. Like, who put Bella in the witch? No, it's stop like singing it's that. It's creepy. horrible. It's so fucking creepy. <laughs> this whole thing is creepy as fuck. I can't believe you said it was a funny one. I'm so creeped out. <laughs> I'm fucking creeped out right now. I'm going to have nightmares it's, tonight. It's, Can you imagine, it's though, you horrible. look into a tree and there's a fucking skull looking back at you. It's oh, yeah. too real, man. That's too fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> dead bodies in trees with the arms cut off man nah. wouldn't wouldn't this make an amazing film it yeah was... i'm surprised when i read it i was surprised i hadn't heard of it like i was surprised it wasn't a more it's quite a renowned story but it not enough for me to have heard of it until someone emailed me about it like yeah. i feel like everyone should just know this it's such a cool creepy story yeah it's it's one of my favorite stories like i'm so um yeah, I just, I just love the whole. It just paints such a vivid picture in your brain, which is why Tiss is like pooing his pants. I fucking hate this. <laughs> but it is when you like, if you like, immerse yourself in the story. It's so creepy. You know, you've got these three boys who are walking out in the woods. Yeah. You know, dicking about, just being boys, and then come across this big hollow tree. Trees are creepy anyway. Like old trees, I find scary. Yeah, and imagine like you. Like obviously, one of you want to climb in it. Yeah, it just the whole thing. And apparently, there's there are pictures of the skull, and there's like hair attached to the skull. Oh fuck! Off. Fuck yeah! Nah. <laughs> I don't want to know about this. I wish I the listeners could see this. I can't like, do it. Just destroying himself on this. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, yeah, it's pretty horrific. But uh, yeah, and it's just little things like you can just almost see it in a film, like them deciding they don't want to tell the police because they were trespassing, so they didn't want to get done. It's just it's just a really cool story, um, and I love the two different the two different um, versions that you get. So you get that she was a victim in a rich a witch ritual, a witch ritual, uh, a witch ritual. 
so what what was it he said? So they that you they cut the hand off because they the believe there was magic off, yeah. in the in the hand. The hand of glory. Uh, yeah. So I've I've got here. Was she a victim of witch ritual or this wartime whistleblower? Um, which ritual please it's just so cool <laughs> it's such yeah. a cool story yeah when i told rachel she was like the witch one's more fun isn't it like, yeah definitely because yeah. it's a witch elm yeah exactly and that's it depends on the spelling i think the the actual spelling of wi- a witch elm is why isn't it yeah 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 so she was a witch possibly or used by other witches for sacrifice fuck oh <laughs> Fuck. Which reminds me, I really need to do another witches episode. I, I, yeah, I want another one of them. We did. Uh, that was a long time ago, but yeah, we did like a history of witchcraft, and then from that, we were going to do sort of a continuation. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I just forgotten about it, and it was only when I was going back through them today. I thought, oh yeah, I should pick that up again. That was good. His, that was a good one. I really like history of witchcraft. Yeah, yeah it was fun. I remember that. I always remember recording that one because we recorded it at Tiss's, like yeah. in the dining in the dining room. Yeah, yeah. And it has a really different vibe. The ones we recorded in that room, I specifically remembered. It was that one, Media Control, and my Necromancy episode. Yeah, and then we did. Um, didn't we do a Christmas special? Oh, we did one of the Christmas ones in there as well. Yeah, where we where we gave each other presents. Yeah, that was such a fun episode. And that the was keyboard. great. Yeah. But, um. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna go with, with uh, witch ritual then, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that's that's great. And um, one thing I will say though is, um, Jasmine, when Jasmine got in touch with us, um, see so she she said she was gonna visit, um, and that she would send pictures if she visited, uh, and we've not heard back, or at least I couldn't see that we've not heard back from you. So, Jasmine, if you've been, please send pictures. I would love to see that. I'll put them on the blog. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can just get hold of pictures. I will, but it's cooler if a listener sent them. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was only it was only at the beginning of February that Jasmine got in touch. Uh, So, yeah, she says that she she was going to visit. I'm sure she said at some point. Uh, Yeah, she's hopefully going to go see it soon. She says so. She will send pictures, uh, which would be awesome. Uh, And don't know if this is when we actually do this, but. Uh, because of because of this, uh, Jasmine, you are our listener of the week. Listener of the week. So thank you very much because you uh, not just you didn't just um, tell us about this this whole story, but you sent us a nice message about. Uh, how you enjoy listening to us um and so yeah thank you very much for being kind and for sticking with us we hope you catch up because i think at some point um well in february you were making your way through the episodes so whether you've oh, actually wow. caught so up she or hasn't not. caught up yet it's like we're talking to you from the future exactly right. might be this might come in like 2020 yeah yeah into jasmine's ears 2020 like come on get a wiggle on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Thanks, Jasmine. But yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and that is uh, that is all I've got. I mean, I've got loads more, but that, like I say, that is That's time. That is definitely time. That's time. Yeah, well, yeah. There we go. Amazing. Well, awesome. I look forward to. Um, I enjoyed this, and I look forward to more possibly in the future. Hell yeah! Yeah, like I say, I just 
I find I find these stories fun. I'm sorry that Tess seemed disturbed by that last story. <laughs> Fucking well disturbed, mate. I'm proper. <laughs> I'm greeting inside. <laughs> is yeah. is Lids at home? Lids is at home. Yeah, she's gonna get That's a big right. hug in a second. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, go and tell her to look after you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> gonna get get some salt. Cover the windowsill with salt so it keeps spirits out. It's like a yeah. thing to do, isn't it? That's a good shout. I guess so. <laughs> I good um, shout. cut your hand off. I didn't cut. know where to. I just I wanted to end with this. I it is creepy, but I I really didn't think it would creep you out this much, Tiss. It's creepy as fuck. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's quite on par with like Charlie's story, though. No, no. But yeah, thank thanks for reminding me about um, glitching face, man. That's horrible. Yeah, that's nice. Like I say, I'm home alone tonight, boys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, listener of the week, Jasmine, and um, I do also uh, want to say a big thank you to um, another listener. We'll make him listener of the week another time. I just want to say this while it's fresh. Uh, we had a really nice email from uh, Niall Maguire uh, mm. last week, and I, I did tweet about it, but um, it bears mentioning because it is possibly the best email we've ever received. Yeah. yeah. So I want to say thanks now, Niall, but we'll talk about it a bit more uh, when, when you're inevitably listener of the week. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was great. It's an amazing email. Um, and that is that everything? That's everything. That's everything from me. Uh, so if people want to get in contact, they can do so at unexplainableuk at mail.com. If you've got ideas for episodes, send them our way. Um, we have so many on the list, but we're always welcome to more. Uh, if you want to say hi, do that. Anything. If you want to send us a link to some music that you made so uh, you can appear as the outro music to an episode, uh, I really like doing that with listeners. Uh, got one for this episode as well. Uh, you can also visit the blog at weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com where you can uh, find all the links to the videos and things we talked about and pictures and things to each episode, including this one. Um, and you can also find links there to our Twitters, to our Facebook, to all the other things to uh, help support us. Anything like that, it's all on the website. Um, and I think that's it. Boom. Sounds about right to me. One more thing. A few emails about Borley Rectory. We talked about Borley Rectory on Southend Werewolf episode. Mm. Yeah. Now, people were complaining that we were talking about Borley Rectory, even though Borley Rectory apparently burnt down in 1944. So they were saying, well, where did the Warrens visit if it burnt down? Why, where are we going to visit? And I had an, one of the emails I got was from someone who actually lives near to Borley. And they said um, that there is a nearby church which is now uh, sometimes referred to as Borley Rectory by some people. But that church is the place now where paranormal investigators will visit. It's not the rectory itself, which did burn down. So Um, where did the Warrens, did they go to the church? They must have gone to the church, yeah. I imagine uh, I was like lost in translation in in some way. Yeah. Uh, Mm. There you go. Uh, I am aware now, (laughs) you can stop correcting me. (laughs) I am aware that it's a different place, but we'll visit there ourselves one day and set the record straight for sure. But I think it's it's safe to say we are genuinely happy to receive feedback like that. I think it's. Oh, yeah. We get. uh, Since the relaunch, we had amazing emails and feedback from so many of you. So, yeah, thanks to all of you. And. But uh, I mean, also, I I know I definitely got information wrong this evening. So oh, we, if you, we do every episode. If if you need to correct me on stuff, then please do. Um, you know, I, and we we don't mean to 
you know, discredit stuff or to not give things the time of day because they're not important. So if you need to, you know, give us anything else about Marilyn Monroe's death, uh, then let us know. Also, last week we talked about if you're a Mormon and you listen, please get in contact. <laughs> we wondered if we had any Mormon listeners. Yeah. Uh, we literally, about two minutes before we started recording this, we got a message on the Facebook from someone who used to be a Mormon. Hey, really? So that's as close as we're going to get. So uh, thanks, uh-huh. Aurora, uh, the ex-Mormon listener. Amazing. I uh, really appreciate it. Tish, you liked your episode about the Sumerians. Oh, amazing. Thank yeah. you. Awesome. Okay, so that's it. Um, outro music this week. Uh, a listener sent me a link to um, their... They're on Spotify. Their band's on Spotify. Uh, KTD and the Quaking Aspens. So, Katie, your uh, outro music this week. Uh, let's go for... I've got a couple of ch- songs to choose from. We're going to go for A Graveyard Confession, soon as we've been talking about death all episode anyway. Wonderful. Sweet. So, uh, do you want to sign us out, Beefy? Yeah. Uh, so, thanks for listening this evening. If you're listening in the morning, put it down and uh, come back in the evening. And uh, thanks for <laughs> downloading it. And <laughs> we'll see you... Or you'll hear us... <laughs> Again, another time. Bye. (laughs) Wow, so concise. Five. (laughs) Until next time, I hope you didn't die during that overly long outro. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Katie D and the Quaking Aspens with a graveyard confession. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
It's just the meat that shits itself. <laughs> it's just the meat that's left afterwards. Just, just a pile of shitting meat. <laughs> oh, crying out. We all hands. end up like a pile of shitting meat. That's a brilliant. Can I get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> if it wasn't so disgusting, I'd want it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> pile of shitting meat. Oh, Boys, this is just hell. not good. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I Grim. probably will. I'll at least I'll either cut that or put it after the outro music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, after, after the outro music stuff is the new rubs. If something's funny, but I don't want it in the episode, it goes after the outro. That's yeah. Amazing. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.